Hello, this is Ricky Jones at River Oaks Presbyterian Church, and we're doing another podcast of From Sunday to Monday. This is Jonathan Dorst, and I'm excited. We missed last week, but... Yeah, it's good to be back. It's hard to get one in every week. Sometimes we travel. Easter, we travel a little bit after Easter. But uh, it was, uh, it's been good. It's good, good to be with y'all, and I hope this is helpful. What are we going to talk about today, John? We are going to pivot off of your sermon Sunday, which was about anger. Uh, you were looking at the, the trial of Jesus mm-hmm. and the anger of the religious leaders toward Jesus. and um, Just a good, good time to reflect about the issue of anger and uh, all that the Bible tells us about that. Yeah, you know, anger is fascinating. I think I'm overwhelmed by how often I experience it or how often it is. It just seems to be at the just below the surface, you know, whether it be in traffic or when I hear uh, a rumor or when I look at the news. It's shocking to me how easy it is to get angry. And I don't think I'm alone in that. I think a lot of people actually I think a lot of people just stay angry all the time. And um I don't think that's really the way we should be. I don't think it's helpful. Uh, I think it's actually pretty hurtful. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm excited about talking about this with you and hope that uh, hope the Lord blesses it. So. Good. Well, our first question is pretty simple. Is anger always wrong? No, I, I think clearly anger is not always wrong. God is uh, described as being angry sometimes. Um I think, uh, and and we're actually told in the Bible to be angry, but not to sin. Or in your anger, do not sin. Uh, so the two two things are separate. Anger is an emotion; it is a gift, just like all other um, all emotions are gifts. Uh, sometimes it uh, helps us; it gives us an adrenaline boost that we need to uh, fight for something that needs to be fought for, or to defend ourselves in a way that needs to be defended uh, if we need to be defended. But uh, I also think anger is an alarm. Uh, it tells us that there's something wrong and um, something wrong with the world. I, I, I personally think anger is a kind of an innate gift of God that says, you know, there's an injustice that needs to be dealt with. There is something out of order in the world that we're experiencing. Uh, the problem is there's always something out of order. And uh, oftentimes what's out of order is me. And so... Uh, it, anger is very typically my. I I typically use my anger unjustly, unfairly, sinfully, because I'm wanting to defend myself, or because uh, something that I love too much, an idol in my life, is being threatened, and uh, and that's when anger becomes sinful when it's uh, driven by something that's sinful. Or oh, and anger just always it. it doesn't always, but it can so often cause us to sin. So I'm assuming you have more questions about that coming up. I won't jump yeah, forehead, sure but um, we'll, we'll circle back on anything we need to talk about. Yeah, I think you mentioned God being angry sometimes. I think that's, I don't know what you might call it the backstory of the Bible mm. uh, of what's going on in the heavens with God's anger at evil mm-hmm. and injustice and Satan's anger at God's reign hmm. not being equal with God. That's a big part of the story of which we find ourselves and uh, and, and kind of think think helps put it into perspective. There is a there's a righteous anger mm-hmm. that is trying to set things right, mm-hmm. that is angry at evil, and then there's an unrighteous angle that 
anger that's uh, that's angry and good. Yeah, and trying to get things off, which is yeah. I think of uh, I think of Psalm two. Why why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? Or mm-hmm. uh, against the Lord and against His anointed, uh, we're we're mad. Not only Satan, but we we are angry that God is in control and that we don't get things the way we want them. That we don't get to choose how things work out and who wins and um, and that a lot of that anger is very selfish anger. It's very rebellious anger, just being angry uh, at and with God. Can you think of some examples of righteous anger in the Bible? Well, you know, uh, King David being angry at the enemies of Israel, um, jo- Josiah being angry at the false prophets and removing them, uh, Jesus' anger at the... Uh, the way the temple courts were being used, they were supposed to be a, the temple court was supposed to be a place of evangelism where the Gentiles would come and pray, but instead Gentiles were being kept out of it and it was being used as a marketplace. Uh, He was angry about that and cleansed it. Jesus was also angry when um, God's law was being used to hurt people. Uh, He wanted to heal on the Sabbath and uh, the teachers of the law would prohibit him from teaching, from healing on the Sabbath, and that made him angry. Yeah. Uh, he was angry. Uh, we're told that really this fascinating passage in Luke 11, I'm sorry, in uh, John 11, when Jesus raises uh, Lazarus from the dead, we're told that Jesus got angry at the tomb of Lazarus. Uh, literally, we're told his nostrils flared, uh, and there was a deep anger within him, which is, which was this anger at death, this anger at things being wrong and creation. Uh, and I think we, we always experience those, those emotions. I think it's important to know that we experience those. When we find out that a friend has cancer, we get angry. That's not an anger at God. That's an anger with God. The anger, God is angry about that too. Um, the world's not supposed to be this way. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and we have that that mixture of emotion and frustration and and anger. We, uh, racism makes us angry. Uh, abortion should make us angry. Uh, systemic poverty, evil in the world, whether it be uh, revealed through cancer, death, disease, uh, uh, child abuse, uh, power abuse, all those things should make us angry. Uh, they make God angry, and, and, and they're wrong. It's not the way it should be. Yeah, and I think it's important to point that out, especially those instances in Jesus' life. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus is not just meek and mild, but mm-hmm. he had anger. And we so often, I think, in modern society talk about anger as something just to be managed, mm-hmm. just to be sort of pushed aside or yeah. turn a frown into a smile. And, and, it's, and sometimes it's not to just to be managed, but it is to yeah. be expressed in a... Loving way, anger yeah. can be an extension of love for God and for His holiness and for people. Yeah, I think that really is part of the problem uh, with us in the modern society. Is so often we hear things that make us angry and we can't do anything about them. Yeah. It's almost the uh, the scourge of having news, you know, having the news available to us, and we're constantly hearing about things that we can't do anything to stop. And so uh, we're, we're constantly faced with a situation of, of of having that anger well up within us, this angry sense of injustice, and you know 
in a democratic society, we can go vote. I'll vote every time they let me. Mm-hmm. But that's all we can do, you know. And so, um, and, and so that does kind of just leave us managing our anger. So when I was teaching on anger a while back and the wrath of God, so one of the moms that was listening asked me, "When, when, how can I determine when my anger is justified? I get so angry with my kids <laughs> and my my husband at times. Mm-hmm. How do I know what's the difference between good anger and bad anger?" Well, you know, I think uh, that's a great question. I think some I. I I'm going to cheat a little bit. I think it's the wrong question, but let's let's go with that for a second. Um, you know, when is my anger at my children good and when is it bad? I would say it's probably always mixed. Uh, my son brings home a terrible grade on his report card. I'm angry with him. Why am I? What am I angry with? I'm, well, I'm angry. Um, I'm angry sinfully because he's not living up to my standards. He's not making me look good, I feel like he's wasting the effort I've put into his childhood or whatever. Those are all selfish, sinful motivations for anger. But I'm also angry at the the laziness within him, the sin that's there within him that's going to cause him to not do well, that I know the the danger, I know uh, the danger, the the harm that that laziness can do, and so I'm angry at that. Uh, So there's, you know, there's always mixed motives and we can strain at gnats and really drive ourselves crazy um, trying to figure out which motive is right and which motive is wrong that's why I say it and to some degree I think that's the wrong question I think the right question is what do we do with that anger um, is there something positive I can do with this uh, yelling at my son telling him he's a failure that's obviously wrong um, getting mad and just kind of sulking and Becoming passive aggressive—that's wrong. Um, what what's a positive thing I can do? Well, you know, if it energizes me to to have a good conversation with him uh, about what does he want to be and how is he going to get there, and if it energizes me to pay for a tutor or to um, find out what's going on in his life, then that's that's good. It, it's really, you know, like I said, it's what we do with the anger if. Uh, if, my, if I'm angry with my wife, again, that's a blessing. That anger is a gift. It tells me there's something wrong with our marriage. So it's okay that I get angry. What's not okay is for me to yell at her or for, or for me to even assume that it's her fault. Uh, the anger just tells me there's something wrong. It might be that I'm wrong. And so if the anger, if the anger motivates me to sit down and talk with her, and to say, hey, we're we're not we're not meshing here. We're not connecting the way we ought to connect. Then that's a positive, uh, righteous use of that anger. If the anger causes me to go out and uh, punish her some way by maybe not letting her know where I am, or by being mean at to her, or yelling at her, or embarrassing her, uh, trying to hurt her in some way, then that's sinful anger. So I, I don't think the question about you know whether the anger is righteous or unrighteous is necessarily as helpful as the question of what are you going to do with that anger? Yeah, I know for me, Ricky, when I'm angry at my kids or my wife, I, I have to think, to step back and thinking, think, okay, what what's really going on? Because anger mm-hmm. is often the result of a blocked goal. And, and what goal am I pursuing? Am I pursuing my family's health 
and God's kingdom, or I'm my pursuing my own kingdom mm. and my own comfort, and they are threatening my happiness, <laughs> and that that sometimes takes the sting out of the anger and, uh, and sort of directs it back to confession. But it's hard to do in the moment. And it is, and you just you gotta learn your know you know learn yourself. I mean, I'm I'm a terrible sports dad, and I finally too late I would add, but I finally learned to just to just sit out in right field where nobody could hear me because there was just no way I wasn't going to get angry, and it was always unjust anger. It was always unjust, you know. And uh, that's there you go back to just managing it, you know. And and yes, I make total idol out of you know, sports and my kids and, and wanting them to be happy all the time. And uh, people without who've never watched their kids on a field just don't get it. They're always like, why are parents yelling? You just, you love those kids so much, you never want anything bad to happen to them. And and so, uh, yeah, that was, there, there are entire categories of anger. I don't want to make it sound like I'm Mr. Levelhead who never, you know, is always kind of, Saying, well, what do I do with the anger? I mean, certainly there are just entire categories I just throw in the trash can and say, if you can't shut up, at least yell where no one else can hear you. So <laughs> I don't, I don't know what to do with those. So. Okay. So anger can often lead to unforgiveness. Are we ever just in not forgiving someone? Huh. Well, there's a lot to that that uh, question there. You know, I think that's why I asked it. I, so I want to kind of take a step back. You know, anger and unforgiveness. Um, I, I do think those two things are oftentimes related. And when you are meditating on examining why you get angry, I, I would often encourage you to look at unresolved things in your past. Uh, my my counselor told me uh, one time that I was yelling at my wife because I couldn't yell at the people in my life I was really mad at. Uh, he he compared me to somebody who comes home from work and kicks the dog. And the reason why you kick the dog is because you can't kick your boss. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes you do have people in your past, your parents or someone who's hurt you, and you haven't resolved that. And so you live life angry at the people who are around you now. Uh, you're not actually angry at them. You're angry at, at people in your past. and But you express that anger presently. Um and and that kind of unresolved anger is so self-destructive, and it's oftentimes what drives uh, addiction. If you go to addiction clinics, you'll see books on anger and pamphlets on anger sitting on every uh, bookshelf uh, because so many of us have these unresolved issues, and because we can't deal with those, we end up self-medicating uh, in, in very unhealthy ways. So... Um, yeah, I, I think I think whenever you're if you're experiencing a lot of anger or uncontrolled anger, it is very useful to ask yourself what's unresolved. Um, and then the, you know the issue of forgiveness is a difficult one. Uh, it's never the way I explain it. The way I understand it is this: there are three there are three steps when someone sins against someone else. In order for that relationship to be put back together, there are three steps. There is forgiveness. Um, if you've sinned against me, I, I have to forgive you. You have to repent, and then we together have to make, be reconciled. Yeah. Uh, so the way I just kind of the way I picture it is a, is of a bridge. If if you've done something to destroy this bridge between us, 
then forgiveness is me building my half of the bridge and repentance is you building your half of the bridge. And then we have to decide together to walk across it. Um, And that's reconciliation. I always need to forgive because uh, forgiveness is very internal. Mm -hmm. It's simply me remembering the sin that you've committed against me and getting angry about it all over again. Uh, I think that's the hardest thing we ever do is forgive. Um, And I think it only comes as a result of the Lord being at work in our hearts. The more we internalize God's grace for us, uh, what our sin has cost Him, how much He's loved us by giving His Son for us to, to cover the cost of our sin, as we internalize that, that enable us, enables us to forgive others. Because to put it frankly, no one has hurt us as much as our sin has hurt God. Uh, and, and as we internalize how much our sin has hurt God and yet how much He voluntarily gave up to be back in relationship with us, that enables us uh, to forgive others. Now, that does not mean that we just open ourselves up to being hurt. That does not mean every couple where adultery has been committed has to get back together. Uh, I think I've said this before when we were talking about marriage a few weeks ago, but if you are in a relationship with someone who's trying to guilt-manipulate you or command you to forgive, you need to run away from that person. Um, that's a that's a dangerous person who's trying to manipulate you, uh, even though they're the ones who've hurt you. Um, so you always need to forgive for your own health and for the health of your relationship with the Lord. That does not mean you always you do not need to go back into covenantal, dependent, trusting, loving relationships with people who have not repented uh, for their own good. That's called uh, that's called being a codependent or enabling somebody. If you're constantly reconciling with someone who hasn't stopped doing the destructive behavior, all you're doing is letting them continue to be destructive. And so you need to require their repentance, not because you're still angry with them and not because you haven't forgiven them, but for their own good. Um, it's not good for them to to live with this unrepentant sin. And then, even if they have repented, let's say your relationship has fallen apart because you're in a relationship with someone who is uh, a compulsive liar. Even if they've said they're sorry and you believe they're sorry and you've forgiven them, you're really honestly not angry with them anymore, that does not necessarily mean you have to or it's even best for you uh, to begin to trust that person again. Uh, that's a decision you have to make. And that, I recommend making those decisions in uh in the context of, of community, in the context of a church, um, with wise people who understand that, um, you just understand that you have to be protected. There are people in the world who are not trustworthy. Yeah. And so that, that is a deep subject. And I think that was a really good answer and a good, I think a good distinction between forgiveness and reconciliation is mm-hmm. you can't reconcile with someone who doesn't want to be reconciled. I think there were some some evangelical teachers, maybe in the 70s and 80s, though, that were saying that you shouldn't forgive someone until they ask for it. And it, I think it led some people to really justifying unforgiveness mm. and anger in their hearts. And, and it was really unhealthy. And, mm-hmm. and I can't remember, was it Anne Lamott or someone that said, you know, unforgiveness is like drinking rat poison 
hoping the other person will suffer. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that too, and that's that's very true. I and mean, that's just harboring bitterness in your heart, and it will it is. it is so destructive. It's so destructive. It is. Okay, big question: Is it ever okay to be angry with God? Well, um, again, I think that's not the best way to ask the question. Is it okay to be angry with God? Well, an emotion is an emotion. And so whether it's okay or not, sometimes you are, and you just need to identify it. Now, uh, is God ever at fault? Has he ever done something wrong? Well, the answer to that question is no. But that's not how you feel sometimes. And uh, oftentimes we will feel like we are angry with God because we don't like the way this world is turning out. And that's okay. It's okay for us to feel that way. We need to express it and, and get it out in the open so that the Lord can heal it. Um, so I guess my short answer is no. You're not justified in being angry with God. If you want to try to bring an accusation against God, then you'll, you'll lose. Um, there's a whole book in the Bible describing that. It's called Job. And, um, yeah, read chapter 41. Yeah, he doesn't... Um, but, you know, even there, you know, God says Job was righteous. Um, and so there's, there's a lot that nuanced to that book. But so that's, that's the short answer. But the long answer is, I think some of the most productive, healthy, growth-spurring uh, conversations you'll ever have with God will start out with you expressing your anger. There's so many Christians, especially where we live in this evangelical counterculture, who think that who feel guilty for the way they feel. They feel guilty when they're angry with God, or they feel guilty when they're sad about something God has done. And so they just stuff those emotions, and the relationship never matures. It never becomes something that's full-grown and blossomed and strong and beautiful. Uh, I, I think, I know for a fact, the, the most important conversations I've had with God have always started out with me telling him how angry I am. Sometimes I end up in silence. Sometimes I end up overwhelmed with how much he loves me. Sometimes I just uh, end up in tears crying out for him to heal me. All kinds of things. I I can think of ten, probably ten times off the top of my head when I've just started out yelling at him and and ended up being really resolved. Uh, there's a great example of that in the movie The Apostle. Yes. Uh, when Robert Duvall is, is yelling at God and he says, uh, "He says I love you, but I am so mad at you." Um, and you that's always a, call me Sonny. I always call you Jesus. That's right. That's right. Uh, and I, I just think that's that's so honest, mm-hmm. and um, that doesn't mean it's right, but it's honest, and that's where relationships grow. And God is big enough to absorb our anger. Uh, read the Psalms. The, the psalmists get angry with God all the time. And uh, and through expressing that anger, uh, the, the psalmists find peace and find grace and mature and find that he's, God's big enough to trust. Um, I, I find that there's a beauty uh, in that, and I think there's a beauty there in the cross. I don't know. I've never. Heard, it makes me a little nervous to talk about this because I've never heard anybody else talk about it. And usually, you try to kind of verify things you think by saying, "Oh, well, Calvin said this or whoever." But, um, 
So it's a little scary, but I really do believe part of what was going on when Jesus allowed himself, when he gave himself over to being beaten, was he was, I won't say this precisely, he was taking the blame for the brokenness of the world. He wasn't saying, you're right, it's my fault. But he was saying, okay, I'll take the blame for this. I'll let you beat me up for this. Now will you trust me to put it back together? And by by showing that he was willing to take the beatings and take the punishment for this world being broken, he shows that he is the one who can we who we can trust to put it back together and to heal it. And so I, I really would strongly encourage anybody who's listening to this, all twelve of you, to um to not run away from that anger, but to uh, go out in the woods and yell if that's, if that's your thing, to get a journal out and write, uh, to whatever, however it is that you express yourself to the Lord in honesty. Never be afraid to express that anger to Him in a way that, that you're going to allow yourself then to be open and to, and to listen and to resolve things and, uh, and to talk. So uh, you may need a counselor to help walk you through that. Yeah. That's good. Well, Ricky, I have a, a confession to make oh, okay. to you and you're angry with me. Twelve listeners, yes, because you're going to get to go see Mumford and Sons tomorrow night. Oh, uh, actually, I'm not. Oh, you're not. I bought these tickets for my son, and he's going, and he did not ask me to go with him. But go ahead. I'm sorry, I cut you off. But I'm probably more angry at Mumford and Sons for watering down their sound on oh. the third album. Oh well. Oh well. Yeah, he still likes them. This is my son's 18th birthday present, and. Uh, he he actually defends Mumford and Sons for watering down their sound, and I do not care. So okay. I'm not going. Uh, I'm angry at them. You're angry at them. You think they're I get over it? Aren't they sick? And like one of them sick, or oh, did one of them die, or something bad. like that? I don't know. I, I want to say one of them has cancer, but I I could be totally wrong. Mm. I'm kind of a goofball. Can I so. need to get over my anger quick. I'll check that on Google before I put that out on the <laughs> podcast because I don't okay. want to start a rumor. Sounds good. Is that all your questions yeah, on that's Anchor? That's all my questions. Hey, man, I hope you all enjoyed this. Uh, if you did, please take a second to review uh, our podcast with iTunes. That's a good way to help people hear about us. And uh, share it on Facebook or Twitter if that's your thing. Thanks a lot. We'll be back next week, hopefully, with another episode of From Sunday Till Monday. Uh, until then. Uh, so funny. I was thanks again. Bye-bye. <laughs>